The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, this is Dr. Bill Dorfman, and I'm here with another Meet the Mentor. And this is a really good friend of mine. We've been friends for almost 30 years, Kathleen. Um, It's crazy. Uh, But Kathleen has a very unique kind of niche in the world of psychology. She's a clinical psychologist. She's been practicing for 27 years in the Beverly Hills area. She started off her practice doing more kind of a general family practice, but over the years, her practice has transitioned into one where she really specializes in trauma. And I'll have her explain a little bit about what she does, but basically the idea is that if there's ever been a traumatic episode in your life, a a car accident, a family illness, um, violence or anything like that, that you can't get over in your life, she has very, very solid proven techniques that she uses to help people get past those so they can have a happy, fulfilled life. So it is with great pleasure that I like to introduce you to Kathleen Mohas. No, no. <laughs> she, uh, we joke around because people always get her name wrong. This is Kathleen Mojas. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. And I will say one thing, Kathleen has been a mentor at LEAP since its inception. This is our 10-year anniversary, and on Friday, we do a mentor workshop, and Kathleen has been a mentor at that program, has sent her niece, Brooke, to the program. We all love Brooke. She's hanging on the wall right behind us, and we've we've watched her blossom and grow into such a successful, beautiful young lady. So um, it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to my friend, Kathleen Mojas. There you you go. So Kathleen, how did you get started in psychology? What was the catalyst that really brought you into the field? Well, I think it just started with a really strong desire to do something with my life that was going to be of service to give back, to help, to make things better. And people always just sort of came to me with their problems. And I was, I remember that (laughs) (laughs) I had a few wives that did that. (laughs) So I figured, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, um, I can sort of make my life about this instead of uh, just my friendships and my my, uh, boyfriends at the time. Anyway. So I, I think, I think that I thought I really want to do this, but I don't know if I can go through that much school. It's going to take about nine years to get a PhD. And all the training and the the hours that you have to put in actually working. But what I figured out is, you know what? I would be reading about this stuff anyway because I love it so much. So why not? And I'm going to be, you know, 30 or how old I was going to be anyway. Why not have a PhD and be that age? You know, so I just kind of went through it slowly and took my time and got it done actually slowly, quickly, um, because I wanted to get there and I loved what I was doing. So once I got past the general ed classes, it was all stuff I loved to learn about. So it was fun. I loved it. You know, I think I I still feel that way. And you've been in Beverly Hills all this time, right? Um, Most, yeah, most of the time. And the whole program from start to finish took you about nine years, right? To get your to PhD. Get PhD yeah. But you were actually seeing patients right in the beginning right, as part of allowed, your training. You need to have 3,000 hours um, before you can sit for your licensure, and you're allowed to get 1,500 um, pre-docs. So before you finish your PhD, you're allowed to acquire half your hours. So I was already working at a counseling center. And the great thing about the counseling center was that 
Um, it was sort of set up so it could kind of help you start your own private practice. So I specifically chose that internship as opposed to a hospital or organization mm -hmm. because I could segue into private practice with the clients I was actually seeing at the center. So people that go into psychology, a lot of times they kind of gravitate toward different things. There are people that specialize in family problems and eating disorders. And now you're doing trauma. Tell me how that whole thing evolved and what it is that you're actually doing. Well, I kind of, I realized pretty quickly that most people had symptoms that came from some earlier unprocessed experience or ongoing chronic childhood issue or experiences that were negative or had a negative impact. And I realized that getting trained in some of the more cutting edge trauma therapies, um, I could more quickly help people process and get through and even understand how a symptom they had in their life now they didn't even realize went back to this earlier issue and understanding more about the unconscious mind and how we hold things like negative experiences kind of get make an impact on us so if we have like a let's say we have a processing hallway and most stuff goes through and goes into long-term storage but if you have a really negative or stressful event that overwhelms your ability to cope it gets stuck there in that hallway and along with all the associations that you might have um, or meanings you might have put time and those kids will put the meaning for something wrong with me or I'm bad or something bad happened to you. Um, so I just uh, learned how to get people back to where the, the symptom originally occurred and then be able to kind of clean out the hallway. That's sort of the metaphor that I use. All right. And it's, it's just really, it's exciting. It's fun because we have, uh, it's a fun time in psychology because with fMRIs we can now see what's happening in the brain. And so what part of the brain do you have to be able to access? and what part of the brain is, is not lit up and what part of the brain is, is way lit up. And so we just have much more effective techniques now. Okay, so for those of you that are not in the medical field <laughs> and don't know what an fMRI is, maybe you can explain that. It's a functional magnetic resonance. And it's basically, we can see where, what's happening in the brain, where the energy is and what kind of brain waves are happening. So you can actually see how somebody's being affected if they have PTSD, if there's Explain what that is. People, then we're not <laughs> talking to psychologists here, Kathleen. If Catholic. you have post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, a lot of the vets have this now, um, traumatic brain injuries. If you have depression, certain parts of the brain are lit up and certain parts of the brain are not working very well. So there's just a lot more effective techniques to fit. We, we know better now how to get in and help people, you know, get going to parts of the brain that aren't working and dampen down the ones that are in uh, um, sort of in threat mode. Okay. All right. Now, before we started this interview, you're like, I have to write this out. So <laughs> now that you wrote all this out, I'm going to give you a moment to kind of go through this so you don't okay. feel like you did it all in Yeah, day. I wanted to just sort of organize my thoughts. Like, it, it's been a while since I started my practice. So um, thinking about, and also things have changed a lot. Like if I was to tell somebody steps on what do you need steps you need to take just to be able to have a successful private practice? Um, a lot of people make the mistake of, you know, um, getting their hours, going through all their school, and then leasing office space, getting some great furniture, and then sitting and waiting for the phone to call through to ring. And um, it's not like Field of Dreams. If they if you build it, they will not come. You have to have a real strategy in place. I think you have to have a marketing strategy and you have to have a business plan and. Most doctors are notoriously terrible at, at business, so I would highly suggest doing um, some kind of course, taking a course in how to make a business plan 
or even how to have a successful private practice. There's a lot, actually quite a lot of them out there now. Yeah, um, and let me just interject. I mean, this isn't just as a doctor. Any business that you go into, you don't just build it and expect people to show up. That just doesn't happen that much anymore. So uh, I'm hoping a lot of what you, you tell us here are things that can be used in other businesses too. But I just actually, right before we did this, I did an interview for a podcast. And you know the, the, the fellow interviewing me said, how did you start your practice? And, and I'll just share with you real quickly before yeah. you do this. But I mean, basically what I did is I did some research and I found the five most successful dentists in LA. Yes. And I went in and I asked them if I could shadow them. And I sat there in their offices like a sponge. And I, I watched the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I tried to never do the bad or the ugly, but really focus on the good. So I took the best of five practices and put them all in one practice. That was my number one is find. I knew it. <laughs> find, We're on the yes, same. Because it's just like what Leap does. You, yeah, you copy offer genius. mentors, people right. who are already successful at what they do. And kids get to ask questions. How did you do it? Um, so find several successful therapists. People like to give back. People like to help, especially young people who are trying to get into their field. Absolutely. And um, just ask them questions. Have a long list of questions. You can't really shadow a psychologist. Um, right. But you can pick their brain. And, and take it to lunch. And by the way, this works for every field, not just psychology. Yeah. I mean, any field you want to go into, find successful people in that field. If you can shadow them, shadow them. If you can interview them, interview them. If you can just take them to lunch, do that. Right? Exactly. Before exactly. we go further on this, do you want to just do a quick lead into like the list of things that you should know if you want to pursue a career in as a clinical psychologist? Or just so we have a little more context about what we're talking about with the list. Okay. I kind of thought that she did that, but um, we can expound on that a little bit. I think just if you were, just to make it really clear, like, uh, so, so what would I'll you, ask you the yeah, question. What advice do you have? You don't even have to answer because okay. you've already done it, but that way he'll splice that in. Okay. okay. So Kathleen, if somebody wanted to become a clinical psychologist and they went through all the training, what kind of six, if somebody wanted to become a clinical psychologist and they went through all the training, what advice would you give them to really help them become successful in this field? Because I know it's, it's really competitive. It's not easy. Yeah. I would say, um, if you're not sure what you want to specialize in, just go ahead and go to work for an organization or a hospital or a counseling center. Um, so, cause then you, by working with people, you'll get a better sense of what you're good at and what you like to do. Um, if you think you already know, a lot of a lot of therapists um, sort of like to help people with what they've been helped with. So, I've noticed that, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's true. I had uh, colleagues at, the, at this uh, counseling center that I originally worked at who had had eating disorders, and now they were helping other people heal their eating disorders. Um, so a lot of people also go that route. And so if you already know what you want to specialize in, I would say get an internship at a counseling center that will allow you to take your clients when you get all your hours and you get your licensure. Then you can sort of get an office nearby, not, when I say get an office, find someone you can sublet from by the hour or by the day. Do not go rent an office. Wait until you, your transition, maybe slowly with one client at a time, over to your sublet office. And when you have a whole day filled up, fill up another day. And you do it slowly. You may even have to have a second job because internships are notoriously badly paid or right. not at all. Right. So I actually had to have uh, another job. So um, you, you're going to slowly build your practice. 
and get your marketing plan in place. And once you have enough clients and you start, then you can start to build your referral base. You know, you can um, go to, I think nowadays, I think one mistake my kids might make or young people trying to get into this profession is they're going to think only, you know, internet referrals, um, everything social media, but you really have to also have a community base. So join the Chamber of Commerce, join networking groups, go walk through a medical building near where you are working and meet doctors and tell them what you specialize in, what you do. Um, I think the sooner you can specialize, the better. Like um, I was sort of jack of all trades for many years. Um, I saw clients in sort of a range of every type of problem. And then I got really specialized in, in trauma. And that's when I really, um, took off in a sense. I had, you know, um, uh, all kinds of rehabs referring to me as the trauma specialist, a lot of people with addiction also have trauma, um, psychiatrists, other doctors, anybody who had needed some sort of trauma therapy, they thought of me. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's sort of the opposite of what people think. People think if I specialize, then there's all these people I can't see. But it's actually the opposite. Once you specialize, people think of you and you you can really, you know, hone in on that particular specialty and even like get it even smaller. Like I see blended families of, you know, with teenagers or I see blended families with toddlers or it's really the more you specialize, the better and the better you get at that particular um, slice of the population and uh, the more the more helpful you can be. All right. What else do you have on that list? What else do I got on my magic list? Um, okay, once you, you're you slowly building your practice, slowly building it, and you have community referrals and you have um, a good online presence, you've got a website, you've got, uh, you're posting videos and blogs and maybe even have a YouTube channel, you wanna give a lot of content. You wanna think about, I'm here to help people and give back. I'm not just marketing, I'm, I'm giving good information. And, and at the same time, then you're, you're marketing, but it's, it's sort of a, you're thinking about the public good right. first. Um, and so once you've got the community and the online referral going, then you want to make sure you really, really, really get your niche specialized. So you keep doing that more and more. Um, you don't, you want to think about whether or not you want to be on any insurance panels versus private pay. So maybe you might have to have to start out as a combination, but insurance panels, don't pay well and give you a lot of paperwork. So um, that's why a, a lot of really good doctors are on insurance panels, but um, but it's probably best to do a, a little of, of both, but you have to make that especially decision. In yeah, in the beginning, yes, especially. Um, I think ongoing, you wanna be always making sure you are honing your skill. You're a good therapist, that you know what you're doing and you're really at the cutting edge of what's going on in, in the profession. It's changing so much, much right now. We're learning more about the brain than we ever have and the mind and how people heal. So you want to stay on top of all the cutting edge therapies. Um, and what I did was um, 20 years ago, I got together a, a group of colleagues that I really respected and we formed a supervision group. So if we have difficult clients, we get together, we get together once a month. We've been doing it for 20 years. Okay. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. So we call that a mastermind at yeah. LEAP and that's a core principle of LEAP. Uh, I've been in mastermind groups with a group of dentists for 20 years and another group with business owners for 15 years. And we do the same thing. And a mastermind group is so powerful and, and it's so enlightening because here's the deal. 
you know, when you have a company and you have 20, 30, 40 employees and they have a problem, who do they go to? You. When you have a problem, who do you go to? Right. Right? right. You, you your mastermind group. group. Yeah. So, you know, that that's genius. And, and I think it's great for any business you're in. Especially psychology and, and psychologists in private practice in particular. Other psychologists that might be a school psychologist or a hospital have a community. But in your private practice, you're more isolated. Right. And that's when people make mistakes, especially if they don't have some kind of ongoing group. Uh, genius. You know, so you need to be up on, well, oh, they just changed this law or this requirement. And if you're isolated in your private practice, you're going to be falling behind. Yep. Yeah. No, that's great. So, yeah, you, you want to make sure you're always, you know, putting people first. You're, you, you started out in this business because you love helping people. And I think you have to stay true to all those roots throughout and you know, I think the problem too is if you're not good at marketing and, and being a good business person, and you you become reliant on wanting to hold on to the few clients that you have, that's not good for your clients. You right. want to be really successful because you want to help people and get them going on their way. And yeah, and we're in a service um, industry now, and I think the economy is going that way. That you're, you're never going to run out of people. Unfortunately, rates of depression and anxiety and trauma are at an all-time high in, in our country, especially, and um, you're never going to run out of clients. And, and, yeah. and, you know, and I love one of the things that you mentioned about putting out content. You know, in, in the old days, it was, oh, write a book, write a book. Well, you know, it, it's a lot of work to write a book. Today, you can write great blogs, you know? I mean, there's a lot of content that you can put out short of just writing a book. So there's so much more opportunity, but you know, like you said, copying genius is paramount to success. See what people in your field are doing and copy that and, and do it better. Yeah, especially what they're doing that's specific to what you want to do. I mean, the more specific and the more specialized you get, the better. Well, if you're a young person watching this and you decide that, you know, psychology is your calling, and you want to, you know, become a psychiatrist or a psychologist, or whatever, can you kind of give us a path that they can follow and what they should be doing now as far as education and, and kind of extracurricular things as well? Um, yeah, you know, the, I was kind of surprised that um, my PhD really trained me in, I can read a research article, I, I can, I can, I can write a dissertation, I learned all kinds of theories of psychology, but it just sit me down in front of a client, I wouldn't know the first thing to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising. Um, so, I mean, I just all along the way, I went and got certified in all kinds of specific techniques and ways to help people. I did all a lot of my own reading. Um, so when I sat down in front of my first client as an intern, I, I knew what I was doing. So I think you have to be a lifelong learner and you have to really think in terms of when I sit down in front of someone, how am I really going to be helpful? So it's, it's important to keep, I think, all those, um, it's not just getting the business plan and the marketing plan. I mean, and that is true. All doctors are usually not good at that because you're not right. that in school either. Right. So get that in your pocket, get your marketing um, strategies in your pocket. Get, you, you need a lot more than what they're going to teach you. But, but I'm talking about even, even earlier. Let's say you're in high school and you feel this is a field you want to go into. I mean... Do you have to be a psychology major in college? Do you have to find a college with is Are there certain colleges that are better for psychology than other ones? And, and then after you graduate college, then what? Then, then where do you go? I mean, 
kind of take us down that path of like a high school senior okay. who's just starting college now and has decided this is what I want to do. A high school senior should take as many psych courses as possible so they make sure this is what I really want to do. They, sh they should volunteer, get, <clears throat> get some ex hands-on experience as soon as possible, work on a teen helpline. Because you need to know, is this what, do I really enjoy That's this? That's a great point, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the sooner you know, the better. It's okay to change your mind if, if, it's, if it's not your thing. Um, you, you know, not back in, back in my day, um, <laughs> you didn't have to have a degree in psychology undergrad, but you had to have a master's and a PhD in psychology. So I was a communications major because right. the psychology major was mostly research. And I just didn't understand what statistics had to do with helping people. So or a lot of math and chemistry. Right, right. So communications I had, sociology, anthropology, psychology, all the ologies that were, were pertinent to what I wanted to do. So I think it depends on your state. You should find out what is required in your state to get licensed, what kind of degree you have to have. Get all that information up front so you don't spend years Good. going in the wrong direction. And so then once you graduate college, then what happens? Um, well, then when, once you graduate with your undergrad, right. Yeah, then you want to find the right school to get your master's or you can get a master's degree and become a marriage and family counselor. So you can see people and have a private practice just with the master's or you get a PhD and then you become a psychologist. So either with the master's program or a PhD, you want to start your internship as soon as possible because um, you can get 1500 hours before you even graduate and you want that under your belt. So you're not having to wait another you're adding an extra year and a half after you graduate mm. to get 3,000 hours after you get your degree. So you're already in the, in the field and working, and then your school becomes a lot more pertinent for you. Um, then once you get your that, you've got to sit for the licensing board. I think California has the mm. highest failure rate because everybody in California seems to want to be a therapist. So it's kind of the hardest state to get licensing, I think. Um, you want to make sure you pass the licensing. Um, find out. What is, all, what is required in your state? Always be on top of that because it changes and you don't want to be getting requirements that you don't need. Um, and then I, I would say go through the things I talked about today. Once right. you've got your license, you, you, know, you, get your, you make sure you've got the right internship for where, where you want to go. If you're planning ahead and you're, you're goal setting ahead, I know you talk a lot about that in LEAP. You, you set your goals and, do them and have them every week. Say you know, you're working towards your goal of, okay, I'm gonna, I want this many clients. I wanna make this much money. Right, I right. wanna you know, be here in two years and then make sure you're working towards your goal every week. Well, that's so funny because that was the lead into my next question oh. was, what's next for Kathleen Mojis? <laughs> well, I am writing a book, finally. <laughs> I wrote a book and then I, I lost it, but um, and I'm just, I'm blogging a lot. I'm doing a lot of those things that I've been telling everybody else to do finally. So. Um, getting some YouTube videos out. Um, I'm trying to make it real concise so that you know people don't have to go through years of training or practice. I also supervise other people and help other clinicians with their clients. So. Awesome. All right. Well, that is a lot of great information. Um, and if anybody wants to follow you or get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, DrKathleenMojas.com. Uh, it's M-O-J-A-S <laughs> with a J. Um, is my website and um, all my contact information is there. Um, I'm also got a lot of resource information there and um, I have I specialize in five different techniques that really help to 
feel the un at the unconscious level. So we really do have two minds. We have a conscious and we have an unconscious. And you can't you usually talk yourself out of your problems. So you have to know how to get in there. So I, I, I give away a lot of good information on that, even if you don't want to come in for therapy. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, and you get an opportunity to meet Dr. Mojis at LEAP because she comes every year as a mentor. On Friday, we do a mentor workshop where we'll have 100 different mentors sitting at tables. You can actually talk to them in person and ask them, you know, what they like about their career, what they don't like, what their challenges were and whatnot. So remember, for more information, go to www.leapfoundation.com. Our summer program is July 23rd to the 29th at the beautiful UCLA campus. We'll have 400 plus um, kids at the program, age 15 to 25 and above. And we have an amazing program lineup. So I hope to see you there. With that, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.